Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Well, it happened. This is not the day any of us wanted. Andy Dalton, who has been rumored to the Bears for like three years now, and now it's official. Dalton coming out of one year Ten million dollar deal that can be worth up to thirteen million to do something. Don't really know what, but he's doing something. And maybe he's starting. Maybe he's backing up. Maybe Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson are still coming here. But this is just a brutal, brutal moment for Bears fans everywhere. Bears fans, I'm with you. I feel the pain, and we see the humor in it as well. Uh, we'll have some fun with it talk some Cubs in our DeWindy City Cubs podcast coming up here as uh, spring training rolling along. Jock Peterson playing some good baseball, different stuff from Jake Arrieta. A lot of Ron Santo memories on the show today, which I think you will enjoy. And just, yeah, keep the old head up here, Bears fans. There is better days coming than the Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, last year of Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, right in front of us. I guess there is some level of benefit that they didn't pay an enormous amount that makes you uncomfortable for Russell Wilson. But since I'm literally, I feel like one of the few people that doesn't want them to overpay and completely have have a quarterback who's in his 30s and is not going to carry you and you have nothing to augment your roster with, which I'm leery of that plan, maybe – You can feel the benefit of that. Maybe they'll get lucky in the draft, but it's not exciting today at all. The Windy City Podcast is brought to you by, you know it, you love it. That's right, Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. We love you, Manscaped, and we love the Lawnmower 3.0. It comes inside the brand-new Perfect Package 3.0, which comes with everything you need to be trimmed, cut-free, And, of course, smelling really nice down there. Got to have a good smelling situation that's always of benefit. That's right. No sweaty, no stinky, just absolutely beautiful. Uh, The crop reliever, that's another thing they've got going on the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. The crop preserver, keeping your family jewels from the sweating, smelling, sticking. That's right. I'm going deeper and deeper each week on our Manscaped love. Get 20% off free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. The Windy City Podcast with Jordan Burnfield and Brian Beto starts right now.
Showtime. So here's my thought on this. If you remember after 2008, when the Cubs got swept out of the playoffs by the Dodgers, we were told that they got to fix the bullpen. That's the problem. They got to fix the bullpen. So they went out and they signed Scott Ayer and Bob Howry. And, right? And it feels like this is what they are. This is what Andy Dalton is. This is like you wanted Russell Wilson. You wanted Deshaun Watson, which, by the way, I would have told you, and I think you guys would agree, there's no way in hell they were ever getting either of those guys. But to end up with Andy Dalton is like you you think you're getting this big star and you get that. Maybe it's like Edwin Jackson. That's an interesting angle because it's like they have to have, have wanted something really big. You know who it is for me right now? He's Jose Guzman. You let <laughs> Greg Maddox leave for Atlanta because you – do you remember that? they st- Right, but Greg Maddox was at least a Cub. Yeah. Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson, as far as I yeah, know, other than on Twitter memes, were never Bears. I'm, I'm trying to think of the biggest Cubs I, free agent I, I'm going with, <laughs> and I like Jordan, you might have maybe the best. Also going more left-handed after 08 was the other thing, so that's why they got rid of like DeRosa and oh, yeah. Fontenot full-time. That worked out. Oh, solid. Um, it, this is a little bit different scenario. It's not the same. But I'm going. I'm thinking. What popped into my mind was a Jeremy Burnett's, <laughs> and the reason being is that the Cubs went were obviously really good in 03, incredibly talented in 04, big, biggest disappointment in my lifetime. But they go out and they, and they had to get rid of Sammy at that point. It seemed like it made sense, and they were getting pennies on the dollar for him, so they traded Gary Harrison Jr. for him. But they went out and got Jeremy Burnett's, who was a good, really good MLB player. And Andy Dalton's made, you know, three Pro Bowls. You can talk about, like, the, the Pro Bowl, like how much stock you put in making it because there's so many, like, alternate alternates that make it. But I mean, Trubisky made it, for, for crying out loud. But I, Jeremy Burnett's kind of stands out as this, like, ugh, like we just went from having all of these expectations, you know, and excitement about what this team was in 04, and then we land down a Jeremy Burnett's and a Jerry Harrison Jr., and the team is just as mediocre as possible, which seems like the direction the Bears are once again heading So, into. do you want my quick Jeremy Burnett story? I do. Uh, no, I do now. Well, I think that you may have heard this, Beto, but so in 2005, yes, this is 2005, through details that are not necessary for this podcast, I got to be the Cubs bat boy for one game in August of 2005. Hashtag Jeff Burnfield. Yes. And so I was in uniform, and I learned as the bat boy for the one game that you had to have three extra bats ready when any batter would go up in case they broke a bat, whatever, decided they wanted something else. So Jeremy Mernitz is at the plate, hits a ball foul, and breaks his bat. So I run out there with his bats so that he can select a different one. And he goes, which one should I take? And I was, you know, I think 18, 19-ish at the time. I'm like, I don't know, man. It's your at bat. He goes, doesn't matter which one I take. I'm going to effing strike out anyways. And then goes up there, strikes out, and comes back towards the dugout and looks at me and he goes, I told you. 
There's, <laughs> hold on a second. This is we have to break this down a little bit further. There's no way you looked at ah, whatever you want, Burnett. You were like you had to have been like a please. I don't know, sir, Jeremy. Can I help you? With no, like, I mean I was I was very I, I was been, very intimidated. I was like I don't know, man. Like cheer it, Pat. You take what you want. <laughs> Like, you want me to select your, your bat? Beto, what yeah. would you have said to Jeremy Burnett's, hey, Badog, what, what <laughs> bat should I use? What do you think you would have gone with? Because I know, I know what David Cal, whatever you want, pal. <laughs> <laughs> pal. I, I don't know. I, it's 05. I'm, I'm thinking that maybe you could go with a Jason Dubois bat, a Todd Hollinsworth bat. They were swinging Jason Dubois. I don't know. Maybe that's what I would have went with. I, it's really just fascinating for me to put myself in those shoes. What do you, what should I pick? What do you, what is this? The natural? And you're like Bobby Boucher coming out there with the <laughs> pick me out a good one, Bobby. I know it's not Bobby Boucher. That Bobby Boucher was the water boy, right? Yeah. I think you were yeah. combining multiple movies. Yeah. Here. I, I, you, you, you were an older version. Of- Wonder boy was the bat in, uh, in the natural. Yeah, and, and Wonder Boy broke, and then Bobby had to pick him out a good one, and then Roy Hobbs lofted one into the lights. Un- unfortunately for Jeremy Burnett's, <laughs> yeah, he did, yeah, he, that's rough. He, it's better than being a little kid in uh, League of Their Own, though, you know, because nobody liked that kid. Remember? <laughs> that, yes, th- that kid was terrible. When Tom Hanks whips the glove at him, so at least you weren't you weren't that. It's better to be associated with the with the Wonder Boy than yes. the natural for sure. I will. I will say that, but you just got to look at him and be like, listen, this isn't Miller Park. I don't know what you Mickey Mouse operation <laughs> you had in Milwaukee where the Bat Boy picks your things, but you're with the Cubs now. Yeah, I mean, like, I was terrified. I was like, I'm not picking your Bat, dude. Like, you got to – whatever you strike out with is up to you, Jeremy Burnitz, Jerome. Well, yeah. this- Poor guy. I mean, that guy had, like he, – he, he wasn't even like that, but he just, like, he filled in the void that was just, like, 60 home runs for – Three of the past like six seasons. I think so Jeremy Burnitz, by the way, Beto, you're you're right on it. To answer Carm's question, that is a great comparison because like Jeremy Burnitz was a decent player. Yeah, he was. One of the best in the moment. Andy Dalton, Nick Foles. Who was the Cubs compare? You you only had one though. Who else is on that team that could be the other uh, quarterback? Burnitz and who? I was trying to think. So when the, I'm trying to, I was I was trying to think of the times the Cubs what? struck out in free agency. Oh, you know like, what? And what would be Mike Hampton stands out when they struck out? Did they replace him with someone? That was a great Is Todd Hunley? Does he count? He's Carlos Beltran. It was a kind of a high profile signing. He just didn't work out. Remember, they wanted Carlos Beltran, and they were they were one of the teams yeah. that was going to go after Carlos Beltran, and they offered him seventy five million bucks, and he ended up signing for one hundred and twenty with the Mets. Yes. And Theo Theo wanted was it Annabelle Sanchez from the Marlins who ended up with the Tigers? Is that do I Edwin Jackson? No, no, not no, no. <laughs> Uh, no, but that's what they ended up in place, right? I know. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's yes. right. Hoops. No, I thought that was but a great. At least, but it's not like Annabelle Sanchez was Russell Wilson, right? Like, it wasn't like, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe they missed out on Annabelle Sanchez. No, but they were super excited about it at the time. They'd done all their they research. They'd made a really big pick for Annabelle, and then he had one good season and went in the tank. But- it is funny, though, by the way, how in 2021, this is how news works, that – the Bears really never had a chance at Russell Wilson. The only reason why this is even a thing is because there was a tweet from Adam Schefter saying that one of the four teams he would consider being traded to was the Bears. It's not like the Bears – it's not like he 
could have really come here unless there was a, a trade, which would have been extremely difficult to pull off. But in the minds of Bears fans, he was coming. I mean, I still believe that he's coming. I, I, I can't. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm not giving it up on whatever the today is. When does Seattle play the Bears this, here this, next? This, that's, that's probably when yeah. he's coming. That's true. But, Russell Wilson revenge game. Yeah. That's, uh, no. so, the Bears are getting him. It's happening. I don't know what you're talking about. Andy Dalton's a backup. I already, I already spun zone this. I know this is a Cubs podcast, but I spun zone it to the point that right after the Bears signed Dalton, the Texans signed Tyrod Taylor for $12.5 million, too. He's also a backup. So Dalton's just making backup money. He's providing nice depth for Russ. That's there, I've already convinced myself. There, there it is. Great point. So who will have a better year this year, Andy Dalton or Jock Peterson? Let's go there. Jock Peterson at podcast taping has an OPS of 1,780, a batting average of 500. He's got uh, total home runs right now for Jock is five, nine RBIs, 29 total bases, MVP of the spring, Jock Peterson or Andy Dalton. Who do you got? It's dead silence. Nobody can even believe how good Jock Peterson is. I mean, is. it's Jock. <laughs> let's, let's, is it? I mean, let's talk about, let's talk about, I know it's your favorite stat, Mark, but war. Oh, I mean, just, we'll just boil it down to that. I mean, Jock is proven over his career to have be a better like as an average starter than a replacement player like he's over two war consistently throughout his career if i'm not mistaken fact check me on that but andy I'm, dalton if, if he was there was a football equivalent to that do you think he's better than the average starter no, no. he's a fine football player but he's not he's in the bottom 10 starting quarterbacks in the league if he does start for the bears jock is definitely not in the bottom 10 left fielders, I wouldn't think. In no, the, I, in, I agree. MLB. I mean, Jock Peterson is a good major league he's outfielder. Good. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's a great player, but I think you might argue that he has the ceiling of being fringe great, right? I mean, yeah. he, he's still he's pretty prospect. young. Yeah. Huge. I mean, he's a, he's a young guy, not as young as, as he was before, obviously. Like, when, when he came up, everyone was like, oh, my God, he's going to be incredible at 19. I think he's, what, is he 27 now-ish? Something he's like 25. that? 25. Okay, so he's even younger. So the point is, the best baseball for Jack Peterson might still even be ahead of him. Yeah. I, I actually like that signing when they got him. I didn't like that it okay. meant Kyle Schwarber was gone. Carmen Rong on the year, born April 21st, 1992. He's going to be 29. Come oh, all right. So he's older than... Yeah. Yeah. Quick four short years off. That's it. Uh, Nothing yeah. in right, right in the Right in the general ballpark. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? Like, he's still young <laughs> enough that he could be good yeah. for three, four years. Correct. Absolutely. He's entering his prime and you can't in this year. He's going to have a phenomenal year and then the Cubs are going to lose him to a team that's good. Correct. Uh, Or they'll trade him midseason if he's good and the team is bad. That would be amazing if that happens. If they get anything for Jock Peterson, it's a win. Uh, All right. I got beef that I want to get out there. Beto, you uh, it'll be. I think you're actually going to be with me on this. Jordan, I think you're with me. It doesn't really matter, (laughs) but I'm. I'm listening to everyone's reaction this week to the new rules coming in that are going to be tried out at AAA, AA, and single A. And people are getting bent out of shape, some people, that the shift will be going away because you have to have, in AA this year, you have to have uh, your feet on the infield dirt. So you can't, it's going to be less likely that teams shift. And so, and then people are saying, like, 
the shifting is the natural progression of baseball and it should be allowed. No one is ever going to say in the history of baseball if they uh, that they if they get rid of the shift who's sitting in their seat eating their peanuts and cracker jacks and drinking their Bud Light, Miller Light, whatever. Man, I really miss the shift. <laughs> I just, I loved it. So I'm when- surprised, <laughs> by the way, that you think that I, or you, you question where I would fall on this because I think it's great. I don't like the shift. <laughs> I think it takes away a ton of hits, and nobody wants to see a guy rifle one into shallow right field only to have it fielded by a second baseman who's 40 feet into right and throw out the runner at first which seemingly happened to Kyle Schwarber seven out of ten at bats in his which Cubs career straight sucks but like but Beto's a smart baseball guy and so are you Jordan so that's when and I'm in you know not a smart baseball guy I want Sean Dunstan back in my lineup and I don't care if his OPS is 270 <laughs> I, I like exciting baseball players uh but so Badog, is this gonna bother you man it was so great when no, the Cubs showed their brilliance. The they, like it's, they're not doing it for the fans. It's it's because the team that does it thinks it gives them a better chance to win a game. I I'm not disagreeing. I actually like am kind of indecisive on this. Um, I get the whole argument for it. Like hey, like we're just just like like let's pretend you know it's the NFL defensively. Like you can line up, you can blitz eleven guys, a forty-six defense, or you could sit back. It's like it's whatever you think is gives you the best chance. Now that said, like I agree. Like it's like there hasn't been adjustments to try to beat the shift aesthetically. I know there's been a lot of said and like Theo's new role is to help make the game like more entertaining, and and I'm good with that because right now I, I agree with the team's philosophies to be a three outcome to an extent and, you know, take a lot of walks and stuff like that. But it certainly takes away some of the enjoyment from a fan perspective, I would think. So anything I guess they could do to try to inject some sort of life into the game and increasing contact, uh, like if that means banning the shift, then I guess I'm, I'm open to it. But I am pretty indecisive. And then Jordan, to your point, it feels like it happened every time that Kyle Schwarber, the one time that it didn't happen was the only time that matters. He hit the ball in the teeth of that shift leading off the 10th in game seven. Damn straight. Somehow it snuck through. You Thank are, God. you are correct. And that was wonderful. But no, I, I think Beto, everything that you said is correct. My whole thing is that I, there, there is one small part of me that would be conflicted, which is that the, the idea that, baseball like baseball has always had the problem of thinking regressively right like baseball always thinks like man wasn't it great when we just went out and the the bleachers were empty and we had our five dollar yeah. hot dog and beer and blah 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 <laughs> yeah yeah so you're one of those guys, guys. stealing bases right and- Oh, going crazy, yeah. So I think then progress has been good for baseball, but I think that maybe we've gotten to a point of so much progress in such a short period of time that I think now the the greater minds are thinking, like, is this what we want going forward, right? So I think the guys like Theo who are really smart and progressive thinkers are looking at this and going, when was baseball most exciting? And 
some people say, I mean, obviously it's a little before our time, Beto, but some people would say it's the 80s when, you know, it was much more contact-driven and stolen bases. And I'm fine with that. My whole thing is I just think that the extreme shifts take away from the idea of what baseball is supposed to be, right? Like if the idea is that we can just take your data look at the six places or eight places where you most frequently hit the ball and have a person standing there to field it, then you will never get any hits unless you completely change what you do as a hitter. And I don't know that that is the best thing for baseball either. Yeah. So I think I'm for banning the shift overall. And since you brought up the point. And since you brought up the 80s, and if you go back and Cub fans, just go Turf wa- fields, high socks, Turf stirrups. Fields, high socks, and no one wore shirts. Like, if you go back and watch the Sandberg game highlights, everyone in the bleachers has shirtless. their shirt. Everyone. Right. They're all shirtless. Everyone smells and is getting skin cancer, and it's beautiful. So when do we go back to that? <laughs> that feels like the furthest thing away ever. I mean, oh, it- man. I'm in quarantine. I, I'm not. My summer bod's not ready yet. I'm not quite sure I can. I could pull that off for Wrigley in the bleachers. I, I mean, or really ever. I mean, seriously, so. does anybody take their shirt off in the bleachers anymore? Like, that was the thing. You walked in, you didn't even have a shirt. Like, you just... You, it's <laughs> that's funny you how, say that because I watched... That game's always on, like, MLB Network. And I remember throwing it on a year or two ago, and that was the thing that stood out more than anything else and i had never really noticed it before they like without even you inst- or somebody else instigating i was like man literally no one has their shirt on <laughs> so it's unbelievable it was like worse than like those like bears fans in like you know the 80s and 90s they were trying to prove how tough they are so they get you know hypothermia oh. from sitting outside in january those so, those were amazing people they really <laughs> That is does sound like it'd be right up your ass. I, I could I could definitely see a shirtless carm at Wrigley, you know, out in left field. You have, you know, some of those like the Cubs mid eighties out there, you screaming out in left field, you yelling at Willie McGee who's out for the Cardinals in the outfield. Carm like wearing a mesh hat uh, and I, jean shorts and no shirt. See I see. I hate to I hate to do this to myself right now, but I will. I I always hated the bleachers. Like, why would you want to sit somewhere where there's no seat back? I need a nice club box seat. Those were like twenty bucks back then. This is Highland Park <laughs> yes, Carm coming out right there's now. There's not a chance. <laughs> there's not a chance. I'm sitting in the bleachers with those smelly people. And, but I would sit in the in a nice seat or not a nice seat with if I was in the sun, and I wouldn't wear my shirt. Like, it wasn't just the bleachers that were shirtless. If you went down the right field line and you were in the sun, you took your shirt off. You were getting a tan. That was the whole point. Oh, my God. That's what it was. That's so crazy. It's so funny, too, because now we're obviously somewhere in between. But this is like goes to your point, Jordan, about just going from one extreme to the, to the next. We go, we, so we all this regression and all this progress is that we went from just like 40 years prior to that to everyone showing up to the ballpark in a full suit, like a three-piece suit. <laughs> That's true. Yes. And, and then, then, then everyone go, was naked. There's no like actual in-between. They go right from three-piece suit to zero clothes on. Yes. And well, now we're at least <laughs> in like a middle ground of wearing like team apparel 
or maybe, you know, like a standard, like, frat guy, like, tank top with a vintage cub shirt. The bucket hat. You know, pastel pants and, like, the, the sandals or whatever. Also, so I'm clearly removed from what's cool. But, as I'm listening um, to you guys describe this, I'm thinking, how did the pandemic not happen in the 80s when there were 40,000 people <laughs> basically naked and drunk packed into a ballpark every single day? Seriously, the, the being a cub in the 80s, it's it's day games. Everyone's getting drunk and suntan. Then they're stumbling into Murphy's and looking at Mark Grace. Will you be? Will you please go home with me? For I mean, my God, they, they, <laughs> what was the what was the famous? Was it Morgana? It, the famous Marla uh, Collins band that used to go on the field that would try to kiss oh, everyone. The, the kissing, kissing bandit. bandit. Yeah, I've heard of her. Yeah, yeah. she was. See, and, yeah. and and there was no health crisis then. Well, and and just to to bring it back to Jordan and Jeremy Burnett's, I mean, we went from having Marla Collins sitting there and in, in Playboy giving giving the balls to the umpires to to, to Burnfield and Burnett's. I mean, that, that's a big step down. Look at the evolution of baseball yeah. right there. Oh. And and now the shift. Uh, all right, anything standing out on uh, on the field for you, gentlemen? Here is I watched uh, some some Cubby highlights. I'll tell you what. Uh, John Buxiambi is going to be fantastic. Uh, Len Casper. Oh, yeah, he's great. He's, yeah. I mean, the guy is uh, – they had Ian Happ mic'd up the other day and having a solid convo. And I i don't even know – like, there, I saw one clip making the way through Twitter. He's talking to Bryant and Rizzo in the dugout. I'm not sure if it was real or wasn't real. They were, they were referencing uh, – What's the what's your favorite baseball movie that I think is terrible? Sandlot. How can you hate the Sandlot? <laughs> That's a terrible he's an, take. He's an earlier kid. He didn't grow up in the nineties. Yeah, so he fair enough. Everything's bad that wasn't in the seventies. Stupid right. movie and like the ball uh, and I just I, uh, ne- I never got it. Please, I, just please reje- uh, reject this take uh, completely. Uh, illegal- I, yeah, I could ask you like like about some terrible Bulls center from the early eighties that averaged like one points per game, and you'll love him. Well, but if I tell you like an actual movie that's fantastic, you'll just be like, "That's just so terrible." Right? Like, your subjective opinions on the stuff like that kind of concern me. I'm I'm the most biased individual of all time, at least. But I do own it. Jawan Oldham, <laughs> Elston Turner. <laughs> I could just start naming random bulls pre Jordan. You, you just did. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I, you know, I, 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 like your generation, you all love Sandlot. I, I'm more of a, you know, give me Bull Durham, give me Major League, give me. Oh, well, Bull Durham is, is, is maybe my favorite baseball movie ever. Major League so, was a fantastic movie. Right, these were great yeah. movies. Yes. But the. Sandlot's a different type of movie. Yes. The coming of age, it's about, it's more of a kid's movie. Okay, Bull Durham I, is yes. not I, a kid's I, movie. I, I was a Bad News Bears, you were a Sandlot. How's that? The original... Fair enough. That, yeah. I think that's a good Fair comparison. Enough. Yes. You do like the Bad News Bears, though, please, right? Yeah, it's a good movie. I didn't love yeah. it, but it's a good movie. I Bunch enjoyed of 12 it. 12-year-olds drinking beers. What's not to like? Right? Yeah. Rudy Rudiger and uh, what's uh, how much? Kelly Leak. And, yes. and, yeah, Rudy Rudiger is from Rudy. Yes. Who was the fat kid in? Uh, Rudy Rudiger was literally the, <laughs> Sean, Sean Aston. Yes. <laughs> How do we know this and you don't? I don't know. I'm, 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 I, I think I've, I, I started drinking when I heard about Dalton, so I'm like an hour deep. Um, who was – no, but no, Rudy was the catcher in Bad News Bears. Rudy! But it wasn't Kelly Rudy. Kelly was the, the cool guy, right? Kelly was the like cool the, kid who yes. was smoking cigarettes and, and, and like was having relations with Tatum O'Neal, and they were both 10. 
but like and everybody right. thought that everyone thought that was okay back then by the way if you go yeah. if you go back in the into butterfinger bad news bears like you've got this 12 year old at the yoga studio hitting on adults and trying to like get them to go on yeah, a date with them like this is a little awkward but like back yeah. then they, <laughs> yeah and how do they let walter math out near those kids with right. some of the habits that he had just <laughs> I don't know. Chico's bail bonds. Chico's, <laughs> Chico's bail bonds for the jerseys and getting drunk on the mound and passing out. He's drunk. It's, I mean, oh, it's, it's good a, stuff. Uh, yes. Different world, different world. Uh, okay, so I just, that's my that's my big takeaway. Ian Happ is good on television. I don't trust him in the leadoff hole, but that's what's going to happen. Um, and Well, what about Jake? I mean, I, I watched a little of... I did watch a Pat Hughes broadcast on Marquee Sports Network. I have to tell you, Jake, here, here's my, my one takeaway, because you guys know I don't put much stock in these spring training things. Did Have you either of you guys watched Jake pitch at all in spring training yet? I've seen him. The throw- second game I watched a little bit. Okay, because uh, he's – The first game I don't think was on TV. Are you seeing what I'm seeing here? Because I am seeing a pitcher who, because he doesn't throw as hard anymore – has a little Kyle Hendricks mixed into his game yes. now, right? He's throwing yes. a lot of like backdoor changeups and slower pitches, but they seem pretty effective. So what's going to be interesting, I think, from a nerdy Cubs fan perspective in 2021 is watching the man who looks exactly the same with the same beard and the same intimidating presence, but the pitcher is going to be completely different. Right? Like, am I overstating this? No. He I, looks I, I, he's different. That. Yeah, I've noticed that too. And it's a good thing. Um, yeah. It just shows kind of the evolution because, I mean, we've seen guys that don't change anything. That just the natural progression. They lose the velocity, which was what made them great. And if they don't change anything, they get lit up. And, you know, Jake's obviously struggled, but maybe he's started to realize he's got to do go about it a little bit different way. I'm looking at it from a – and this guy never left his team, and they, they're not similar pitchers as far as what their arsenals were when they were peaking. But I look at someone like Adam Wainwright, too, which just kind of pains me to say, but that dude was just gassing it up there, was considered kind of a power pitcher, not like a Noah Syndergaard, but he touched mid-90s, had the hard curveball. Obviously, he was a closer the first year they won it in, in 06, and he somehow stuck around and is pretty effective and he's not even topping 90 miles an hour and it's because he learned how to change the way he pitched and put more movement on his low moving fastball and, and things of that nature so and i think it's just a good example for someone to look at jake and see if he can become something like that let me throw out some trivia here not trivia let me throw out some uh, predictions and we'll see who who wins at the end of the year we'll just do burnfield versus beto right now more where's win- jake fine that was for beto <laughs> <laughs> in our first podcast back in 2010, we had a game called literally that, Burnfield versus Beal. And our producer, That's Jake Fine, would throw out the questions. Jake Fine. Yeah. Yes. Hashtag Jake Fine. Come on back, Jake Fine. He's well, a great man. What's your, Fantastic. What's, what's your most relevant, interesting way to measure pitching, uh, pitching success? Because I know you guys don't want to do wins, and you probably don't want to do ERA. Beto, do you have a stat that you? I'm gonna. I want to do Arietta versus Davies, and who you're taking. What stat do you want to pick? You want to do WHIP? You want to do FIP? You want to do BABIP? I would do a FIP. You want to do, do a FIP? You want to do a FIP? Jordan, yeah. you want to get basis on FIP? I mean, we could do a or FIP. ERA. I don't care. I'll e- do anything. ERA or yeah. FIP is fine. I mean, like what? I'm. I'm not that. 
crazy okay. about every little statistic. Okay, so let's I let's do, do ERA. One. Let's just okay. do ERA. ERA minus. ERA Where are we at with that? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I would like. I would do that. I know. We're, I'm not kidding about that part. I mean, I would just base this on wins. But uh, let's just go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will fight somebody who tells me it wins don't matter now. It's completely irrelevant. Yeah, really? Oh, I will send you my address. You can come here right now and we can duke it out. I because know. They it's, don't. It, it's completely irrelevant. The guy that somehow, somehow I, I don't know how it is, but there's like that, always that guy when there's a runner on second in the fifth inning in a one-run game, he somehow always gives up that base hit. You, Darvish. Uh, and and doesn't get the win. Okay. Got so, a second Cy Young. Killing him. I, I know. Fifth inning, two out hits. Yeah, there's a reason they traded him. See you later, you. You're going to break down and we all know that you're a head case, and you're going to – okay. But getting back to reality, ERA – And your bad takes on wins yes. and the Sandlot. God, I love wins and the yeah. Sandlot. Uh, all right, ERA, Davies or Arietta? Davies. Um, Sorry, I went first because no, it's obvious. Not, I would say <laughs> probably – I'd say Arietta probably. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay, we'll go back so, on that. I mean, this is, this is very exciting. Uh, ERA – Adbert, Alzalay, or Alec Mills? Adbert, Alzalay. I think it's Alzalay. Alzalay. Adbert, Alzalay. You no, you're just being nice. <laughs> Alec. I am just being nice. Yes. I appreciate it. <laughs> this is a Cubs podcast. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm building up my, my, my Alzalay knowledge as we speak alec mills alec with a c isn't that how it's usually spelled i think there could be a, a or perhaps uh some might think it's an alex mills oh, but, it, but got it I, that's not like a carry wood right ryan, ryan sandberg God, yeah I love, I love ryan sandberg yeah this is a very long hesitation here on mills and alzali i, I would go, well, I I'd go, go first because i i'll I go went. mills you're going mills yeah yeah, I want to say Alzali because I think that's better for the Cubs, but I think objectively I'm going to go with uh, I'm going with the Mills, both on the FIP and the ERA side. You didn't ask for the FIP, but I'm giving it anyway. Alzali is talking a big game right now, by the way. Have you guys noticed that? He's he's very excited about what Alzali I hope he's great. I just I, I don't think it's good. Shut up. You've never done anything. You've been terrible. Every time you're out there, it's like a miracle that you get through an terrible. inning. So what do you want him to do? Go, I suck. I'm not saying anything. I hope I can contribute. Give Mr. Me, yeah, press conference that, himself. Mr. Press conference himself is back right now. Oh, yes. God. Stop. Don't have any confidence in a press conference right now. I, I want you particularly to say, I'm just here to help the ball club. That's all we want out of an Alzali. I'm trying to Durham cliches. You're back to Bull Durham. Yes. I one day at a time. Uh, Lord, Lord willing, things will work out. I've done absolutely nothing but embarrass myself whenever I've gotten an opportunity. Am I missing something? Was Adbert Alzali ever good? For like four innings. That but, one but game. Four, thank you. He's he been, had some good moments. He also hasn't given like a full opportunity. He's been injured. Yeah. Right. So. Exactly. His arm falls off every time he goes out there. Like, this, I I don't. This whole cubby philosophy right now just feels very. We're gonna pitch to contact. We're gonna be doing everything. Well, what but, are they supposed to do? They got a bunch of guys throwing sixty miles an hour. Right, right, right. Say nothing. They can't do anything but pitch to contact. Just say they're not striking anybody out. Just say we're hoping for a miracle, and that's we're it. Hoping that they unjuice the ball is what they're hoping for. <laughs> yeah. We're we're hoping that we score some runs because if you do look at it, like look, you've got Jacques in left, you've got Happ in center, you've got 
Never mind in right. You've but you've got Rizzo, you've got Baez, you've got a budding Nico Horner. Hayward Chris. had a good year, and you're just going to skim over like never mind in right because you're focusing on the contract he's from ter- five years ago. He's terrible. He's terrible. Oh my god. He, he's, he's objectively not he's terrible. Take, Here's yeah, the thing: the, these takes the last five minutes have been something. If Jason Hayward's <laughs> career was flipped in terms of the years with the Cubs, no one would think he's terrible. The only reason people think he's terrible is because it started terrible. Beto, Beto, and right? Burnfield. Am I right? No, 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 no. Yes, hold on. Hold on a second. No, you were He was not I, bad last year. Let's, he's not Look at the numbers last year. Yes. He was – yes, right. He had an okay season. What were his, what, what exactly were his numbers? Hold on. Let's pull him up. Every time that especially guy – Especially when they, they didn't lead him off. That was terrible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, right. I guess we'll give him a pass on 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 on, oh. on, on leading off. Hold on. Well, let, 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 let's just let's let's. <laughs> I want to have a, I want to have a, a bet on the on the on the table for the entire season. Every time you bet with batting average, I'm I'm hanging up. No, no. I want to have a bet every every time. Any, anything, anytime he gets on base or does anything good. That goes into the Beto Burnfield Hayward is good column, and we'll put how about two quarters in the kitty for every time he does something good, and I will just take one quarter for every time he grounds the ball to the right side. That's going to happen two hundred and fifty times. That's all he does. He rolls the ball to the right side. It's how can you how do you, how do you have any enjoyment watching this guy play? He, he is he is one of the most incredibly de- talented defensive Here outfielders. Here comes the defensive outfield. I, right. Well, probably in but Cubs history. how can you not enjoy that? He's also like the best, along with Bryant, the best base runner. His instincts are good. And this is the point they, that Carmel liked the most. He gave a speech for $184 million <laughs> he, that won him the yes. World Series. Yes, correct. He was, he's worth I got to speak in Carmel language. That's he, a good point. He was, for the for what he did during the rain the delay. The speech was worth the money. Great signing. If the Cubs had to say, we'd pay him $180 million for a World Series if you give one great speech in the 10th inning, they would sign for that. In 50 games last year and 147 at-bats, the great Jason Hayward scored 20 runs, had 39 hits, a robust. You're just cherry picking numbers that don't I'm reading every right number. Is what what? There's no cherry picking. What was his on base? I'm picking the numbers. I'm going through his whole stats. He hits. How many doubles did he have, Beto? I don't know. 10? Six. 15? He had six pathetic doubles. How many triples did he have? Doesn't matter. Two. How many homers did he have last year? In 150 at bats. Uh, I'm going to go seven. like seven, eight. Okay, he had six homers. Okay, so if he okay. had, so if he had had 500 at bats, he would have had 25 dongs. I mean, it's not terrible. 22 RBIs. He walked 30 times. How many strikeouts? How many strikeouts? Yeah, how many at bats he have? He had 147 at bats. I'm going to go 32. Beto. I would say. That's not a bad guess. I would say his contact rate's probably eighty percent or whatever that is. I mean, what am I supposed to do? Uh, math on the fly on the contact rate? What do, I'm, I can't I even know, give you like a good take on forty, thirty-five. Uh, <laughs> I'm calling him Alzalai. You want contact rate <laughs> or Alzalai? Uh, he had he struck out thirty-seven times. What was his batting average last year? 
My guess like is 260. 260, 260 yeah. 275. Okay, and his on base was 392. He slugged 456, so he 846. It's the one time he's been over 800 as a Cub. Okay, but that's not the 840, bad. 840, that's good. That's really I understand good. it's the one time he's done it. He was 772 the year before, 731, I, I, 715. We're not talking about that. You were literally just like, let's glance over and right field. And I was like, he was really good last year, and you said, no, he wasn't. And he got 846 or whatever OPS, whatever you said. In summary, I think Beto and I have clearly proven we are correct on this. We, you, <laughs> this isn't Beto versus Burnfield anymore. This, this is, is Beto and Burnfield versus, versus the car. What, what was his war last year? <laughs> Beto, your favorite. No, it was it was fifty games, yeah, I mean, right? Yeah. So, so ex- extrapolate it over. First of all, sixty games, and let's extrapolate it out to. Uh, so what, extrapolate three. One point three. Where was war? It depends on what is what was his war like. One one and a half. One point three. Yeah. All right. So, so. All right. So you would have been around four. A, four war. That's not bad. That's good. Four war. Right. His his best as a cup. Was two three in his second season. That was bad. His his worst was one one six. He's done it twice, by the way. He's had two one sixes, a two three, and a two zero. Oh. Listen, in two thousand sixteen, he smells. He's he, it was it's a it's a a great guy. Fin, like him talking about Hank Aaron, I could listen to it for th- a thousand hours. For if he was if if I could replace myself as a dad, if I ever became one, and make him the 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 father. Great. I mean, tremendous person. Love love the way he goes about his day and, and gives everything into it. He can't play baseball. He's he is he's okay. Beto, he how much is he worth on the he open market? He can't mar- play baseball. What's he worth on the open market right now? What is he worth? What do you think he would get? Times war. Uh I mean he does would he get, make Does he get ten million? No way. Easily. You think he gets paid more than than Jock? So if you're you saying more- his WAR is close to four, there's there's numbers out there that basically project the dollar amount per WAR per win above replacement that you get, and his would say a decent amount, especially in a short term deal. This isn't. This so is- he would get over ten million. I honestly, I don't think he would at this point. I think that what you're saying from a math perspective he may would- be fine, but I think from a per- perception perspective. I don't see him getting ten million now. He he he. I don't. Uh, I guess in this climate, fine. I think he's getting seven I million. Two a year three now. years ago, yes. Two three years ago, after a season like this year, let, obviously let me, not. Let me ask you this: like after his. And uh, by the way, I and I neither of you are, but I think most people who support Jason Hayward are the same people that support Mitchell Trubisky. I swear to God, they're on the same bus riding down the same street. Hold on. Not supporting Trubisky. I know, I know you're not. Yeah. I know you're not, but yeah. um, I, I think that Mike North loves Trubisky. I do have Trubisky. both a Hayward and a Trubisky jersey, though. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> Me too. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my God. I'm telling you it's the same but person. But I don't say I, I got it with his rookie year. I made I, – I gambled. I lost. Let's face it. I love a, I don't this, feel bad about my Hayward jersey though. I love the guy. This is this That'd is, be a good eBay sell. This is what I do love about you, by the way, and I need more of this Beto in my life. The optimistic Beto, like things are gonna work out, Chicago sports take is I could use a little bit more of it. It's I think it's refreshing. It is. It is. It's it's like he's just there's an optimism the Bulls are gonna be great, even though they're I not I like the Bulls. I, I like where they're at. Exactly. <laughs> It's, 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 <laughs> I do think the Bears are a disaster. <laughs> you don't ask me about that, but I like the Bulls. Uh, right, I, I, I like the Cubs. I, I like Jason Hayward. Right, right. I'm actually, I'm, uh, maybe next week. I, I do have a concern. 
we could tease it up for next week about the Cubs that I wanted to get into. Maybe no, I want to hear your concern because you are my one of my positive people in life. So I want to know what concerns you. It's Craig King Kimbrell. Uh, so another side that could be Andy Dalton. Yeah. Not really. They're both making, you know, he's making 14 a year. Dalton's 10, 13 with incentives. Um, I just, my, my concern is, so I actually, I actually think the Cubs have an underrated bullpen in general. Um, I think it's going to be, it might take them a little bit to like figure out their roles, but I think they're actually going to turn into a solid pen um, once they figure out and enough of those guys work out. But I don't think it matters, or it doesn't matter nearly as much if a Kimbrel isn't good. And I'm not like necessarily worried about his results in spring training, but even like Ross was talking the other day, and he even sounded kind of concerned about where where Kimbrel was at. And I know Kimbrel got finished really strongly, but um, worried about some of the bite on his pitches. So that's my that's my concern because I think it's such a domino effect in the bullpen that if he's not great or good, even just good, how about that? then I think that the bullpen's in, in trouble in figuring out what their roles are. Because well, I think if he stabilizes the ninth inning, they could be pretty solid, which they're going to have to be if the rotation's not, you know, top third in the league, which likely it's not. Well, last year they got bailed out by Jeremy Jeffers, who's having, all, who's having personal problems, and I'm not sure what happened there. But he was a, he was a savior for Kimbrell last year. Yeah, I, that's a great, yeah. that's a great point. I, I, maybe this is just me just trying to be – I don't know, like protecting myself or defense mechanism. In my mind, Craig Kimbrell is terrible. Like I don't even, I don't even have. He's he's Hayward. Well, like in my mind, there is no scenario in which he's great. So I've already resigned to the fact that it's not going to work out. And if it does, that would be icing on the cake. I'd be thrilled. But like, if you made me decide today. Is Craig Kimbrell going to have a good year? I would put all of my chips in the no basket. A hundred percent. And I can't blame you. I can't blame you. He, he, he was cooked when he got here. There was a reason he was let go, and he somehow, some way, righted the ship at the back end of last year when they took him out of the closer role, and he had like nine good games with nobody in the stands, and he's pitching in the sixth, seventh, and eighth. So I have a little bit of a Carmen take on, on Craig Kimbrell. Oh, such a good take. So, I can't wait. Vito, you're going to laugh at me <laughs> about this. My th- Okay. One of the things, this is like one of my sports pet peeves, okay? If you're a closer and you've got your own song when you come out and you got all this histrionics like Kimbrel does with the, with the elbow arm waggle thing, then you can't suck. Because when you put together all this dramatic flair – because right. you're coming out to pitch, then you better be great. It's like remember who was the who was the closer who's who I'm forgetting his name who looked like the caveman for the Giants when they won the World Series. Yeah, uh, Wilson. Um, Brian, Brian Wilson. Brian Wilson. Okay. Right. Right. Brian Wilson. Yes. Uh, I, I could make so many I, jokes I, about I that. You were but going Greg Gagne or the Dodgers. Yes. So like remember Brian Wilson. Lying in bed just like Brian Wilson did. And he he would come out of the pen with the beard and the music and the whole thing. And he was good, right? So it was a whole – it was like a dramatic thing. And when Craig Kimbrell was younger and he did all that stuff, it was great. And the same thing with Gagne and the same thing with some of these other guys. But when you have the whole – 
ballpark rocking because you're coming in with the sawing and the the sprinting and the arm waggle, and you're giving up bombs. It's a bad look. It is a bad look, and that's what Craig Kimbrell has been on the Cubs. It'd be amazing. It'd be amazing at opening day if he comes in from the pen. They're playing the Pirates. They're up 4-3. He goes into his whole, like, arm thing and stares in and everybody who's sitting behind home plate really just gives him the finger and jordy mercer hits like a tattoos one out of the street listen i know what you think I'm gonna say, but i don't disagree i think it's a good take uh, okay because like you I, I i i think if you're gonna have that and like closers it's generally closers right they have that kind of stick and yes. part of the reason why he got the stick i know it was like hey my arm is hurting it kind of felt good, and I just stuck with it. That was his thing when he was good. So it's like, but it comes to kind of an awkward thing. Like, you know, am I am I good? No. You know, like, can I can I pull back now, or can I can I not do that anymore? Like, when do I stop doing that? Do I is it? I don't know. But it's I, like I, I don't think it's it, a bad take. You have Gagne and and Wilson and like Mariano Rivera had enter Sandman. Not right. everyone could pull that off. Like, right. Like, like what? Kevin Gregg and Tony Fossil aren't coming out to enter Sandman. <laughs> Kevin you know Gregg. what I mean? Kevin like, Gregg. It's only a Mariano Rivera thing. Yes. So, so like so also like also it is seared in my brain. And this is maybe because I mean this probably says more about me than anything else. Do you remember the game the Cubs played in Williamsport when they? were at the Little League World Series, but yep. they played at the Williamsport Crosscutters Field, Bowman Field, right? And they're all in those yeah. awful, ugly uniforms that they made them wear for that Little League World Series weekend. And Rizzo hit the bomb off the left field scoreboard, and it was Sunday Night Baseball, and it's great, 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 right? Then they bring in yep. Kimbrel, and, and like there's not enough people in the crowd, so the crowd mic is loud, and you just hear him, the home runs that Kimbrel is giving up, or like <laughs> thwack, and it's just flying out of the park like missiles and i was like we paid 40 million for this guy wasn't he like one hopping the backstop too (laughs) yes he was so bad and i'm like what is happening this guy stinks get him out of here didn't he get the win in that game though or something like that didn't he And say tie it or something. Yes, he and was And then they so, ended up getting the wins. He was because so wins there are such bad. A valuable statistic for pitching. Uh, <laughs> yes. God. Uh, I do remember it's that. Like, though. There's that funny meme of that picture of Jed <laughs> and Theo from Miller Park two years ago when he gave up the, the game tying bombs. And they're just like, they're both are just staring with their hands <laughs> over their mouth. So yes. that, that came into a, a meme. Um, but and for Campbell, I hope he goes out and just shoves it right. Like, you know uh, imagine what, if but... Carlos Marmol had had like music oh, and man. like and and some kind of cheer, and the crowd was doing all this stuff, and then he comes in and he throws like three curveballs to the like the first base dugout, and they start <laughs> rolling around back there. It's like, come on, man, you can't have all the stuff and then stink. Yeah, yeah it is a lot of pressure. Now I'm looking up Tony Fox. I don't know where. I that from. Like, imagine Jeff Facero in 2001 having all of that. <laughs> Jeff Facero had a good year. Um, he did. The, the, Jeff Facero did have a good year. Great expo. All time expo. Facero, Farnsworth, and who was the and other Flash one? Gordon. And three Flash. Fs. And Flash. Flash the three Gordon Fs. was the man. Yes. I love that, dude. And then Jeff Facero, two years later, gives up that walk-off grand slam to Sammy at Wrigley as part of the Cardinals. So yes. Jeff Facero's got a special place in my heart. That was, that, that was my 
first uh, midlife crisis in my early 20s. I drove out to San Diego to see that team play. Jason Beret was on the mound. He pitched incredible. They were up 2 nothing. <laughs> Jason Beret. <laughs> and they went they went to Ficero or or one of those idiots uh, when he, when he, when Don Baylor absolutely should not have it. He blew the game and they got swept in the series and the season basically was over. I remember being in Wrigley when they oh, got one. when they got Fred McGriff and everybody went like like they were flashing yeah. it on the board. I went to the first game with the crime dog was on the team i mean pete we thought we had it when we got the crime dog yes it was like babe ruth had come to the cubs and then <laughs> tom amansky's aau videos that is... <laughs> we need to we need to have this discussion later time that is the 0-1 cubs are hands down my favorite cubs team that never did anything was that ricky so gutierrez make the playoffs or was that it Gutierrez, was yes. that's yeah. Gutierrez that's the play where Mongo McMichael got kicked out. Sano started swearing on the air on WGN, <laughs> and, it's, and he was Mike was muted because Gutierrez got caught in the rundown and that base hit from Girardi. It was the same game Angel Hernandez Did, threw Mongo McMichael also, out of the stadium. That play with Incredible Gutierrez, game. I mean, Pat Hughes should be in the Hall of Fame anyway, yes, but that, that alone. call alone puts him in the Hall of Fame. Yes. I'm putting it on the end of the podcast, so stay tuned for that. I, I – uh, Got Angel Hernandez and Mongo McMichael. Oh, one Cubs. What was I? Oh, what did Sa- do? You, do you know? Did Santa? Re- did Santa? I love you. Why did Santa really swear on the air? What did he say? Yes. You can turn it up. Yeah. You can't hear it. It's you hear it over Pat Hughes's microphone. So it's not through Santa's mic. You can hear it through because he pounds his fist on the table. In what? front of him, when Gutierrez gets caught in the rundown, and then he, I, I believe he—I can't say what it is, or I guess I could. You can it's a podcast, but I'm not gonna. It's—it's it's, he drops an f bomb, <laughs> I think, and uh, yeah, and that's just one of the two things he—he kind of comes out and says, and then he's just—you can clear just disheveled. And then, obviously, when Gutierrez somehow scores on that same play, he just loses his mind. It's, I, it's, to I, Jordan's point, it's the it's maybe Pat Hughes' best call ever. Ronnie, there is a cough button for you to hit. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember him losing <laughs> his mind when, when they oh, oh, yeah. I got to miss Ronnie. Speaking of, by the way, we were talking about the Bears an hour ago when this podcast started. The Maybe the best thing that happened in the last Bears season was whoever on Twitter – made the mashup video of Javon Wims dropping that touchdown in New and Orleans put in and putting Santo in there. That was the funniest yeah. thing of the season. That was strong. Yes. Good that ball. was really so good. He dropped the ball. Oh, no. He dropped the ball. <laughs> I was at that game with Jason Bell, former reporters, sitting there in – great seats at County Stadium. He starts jumping up and down. I'm like, he dropped it. He literally <laughs> thought the game was over. I'm like, no, 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 dude. He dropped it. There are three runners that are scoring right in front of your face in these great seats. And, and, and Jeremy Burnett might have been one of them. Jeremy Burnett. <laughs> That's a great way to end this podcast. It, it is. Thank you for listening to the Windy City Cubs podcast coming out at you every week, normally on Mondays, but this week on Tuesday because – you haven't exactly gotten addicted to it being on Mondays yet. So, hey, what's one day later? Thank you so much. <laughs>
<laughs> Nobody's listening anyway. We, hey, we we had actually some decent numbers last week. So oh, good. yeah, it, we're we appreciate it. Everybody. Did the, the listeners from India were they still there? I think they were still there. Of course. Uh, the, Shout out to the India listeners. Our average listeners yeah. stick with us. Uh, the we get uh, about like fifteen percent listen to twenty five percent of the podcast. All right. So the so zero percent are listening right now. But we're still having fun, and I don't believe the numbers. You're out there. <laughs> <laughs> they dropped off after the Jason Hayward take. Uh, ho- ho- hopefully they, they bailed out before I set, called him Albert Alzaway. <laughs> but perhaps they didn't. The Cubs in their traveling uniforms wearing the Excuse me. dark blue shirts. How's that cough button working run? I hit the wrong button. I couldn't tell. I could uh, barely hear a thing. This program was recorded on tape for a live audience. 4-4 tie in the ninth. And the pitch. Girardi lines yeah, on the left hand. Yeah, come base on. Gutierrez around third. He's going to try to score. The throw by Shepard. Gutierrez oh, oh, falls down. He gets oh, back to no. second. The throw to second, not in time. Now they're running Girardi back what? toward first. Girardi being run towards second. Now Gutierrez gets back to third. The throw to first for Girardi. He's in the rundown. Gutierrez trying to score. The throw to the plate. He slides. He's safe. Cubs win. Cubs win. Cubs win. Cubs win. Cubs win. Unbelievable play. Cubs win. The Cubs win. And uh, the field is in great condition. This moment, a gentleman has stood up, and I cannot see the umpire, the catcher, or the batter. So, Ronnie, take over. Can you sit down, please? <laughs> Can you sit down, please? I'm going to have to take these off and blow my nose. Fine, okay. Matt, if you could turn the crowd noise up so we can maybe catch a little in the background there. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.